I'm Jamie. And I'm Nikisha, and this is Talking Horror with Jamie. And Nikisha. Where we share our love for spooky things and talk horror through the lens of human behavior. Welcome, guys. Welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> and oh my gosh, exciting times because. Wait, one second. One, wait, sorry, guys. Sorry. I am getting a phone call from an, from an unknown number. Uh oh. One second, one second, okay. Who is it? Hello. Uh, what's my favorite scary movie? <laughs> well, you are in luck because we're talking about it today. <laughs> I couldn't resist, guys. We are getting to talk about the 1996 American slasher Scream film with a capital F, if you please. Who's there? I'm calling the police. <laughs> You should never say who's there. Don't you watch scary movies? It's a death wish. You might as well just come out here to investigate a strange noise or something. Look, you've had your fun now, so I think you better just leave or else. Or else what? Or else my boyfriend will be here any second and he'll be pissed when he finds out. I thought you didn't have a boyfriend. I lied. I do have a boyfriend and he'll be here any second, so your ass better be clean. Sure. I swear, he's big and he plays football and he'll kick the shit out of you. Can you give me also, another screen? Also, that was terrifying. Also, this is season three. Welcome to season three. Yay. Yay. It, was, it was actually someone calling to tell you that we made it to season three. Absolutely. This is our season. <laughs> Season three, if you, uh, the three stands for the S in Scream. So that's why we're starting off with it on mm-hmm. yes. today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Isn't that how they spell Scream for the third one? Isn't the E yes. the three? Yes. Mm. It's fun times, guys. So <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot to discuss and we're going to get into the nitty gritty, talk about things that aren't normally talked about in Scream because we're focusing on all of the mental and human behavior, which this movie lends itself to a lot of, but before we get into that, some general things about Scream. It is directed by the Scream King himself, Wes Craven, who has done any movie that you can imagine as far as slashers. He is the goat for that. It is written by Kevin Williamson, who did I Know What You Did Last Summer. And I'm saying this because I did not know this, but he wrote Dawson's Creek. <laughs> did y'all know this? <laughs> oh, no, I... I did not know that. Yes. So I, okay. I've never watched Dawson's Creek, but it's just very interesting that someone who would write and, and he got Dawson's Creek because of him writing Scream. Someone sought him oh, out wow. after reading that which I've is never seen I've never seen an episode of Dawson's Creek, which is surprising because I love <laughs> TV. <laughs> is that the theme? Yeah. I wanna I say know. yes. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> right, I think so. Okay. Can you just put 
Put that on top of screams in the background. (laughs) 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 That's that's the theme Mm -hmm. of Scream. Uh, So obviously this movie stars a plethora of amazing actors and actresses, including David Arquette, Nev Campbell, who was hot off the press from The Craft at the time, Courtney Cox, uh, Matthew Leonard, Rose McGowan, Skeet Ulrich, and of course, Drew Barrymore, who was the face of the movie. Mm -hmm. And that's just one of the many reasons why I love this. So obviously, heavy spoilers ahead. If you have not watched this movie from 1996, like, what are you doing with your life? (laughs) But go watch it and then listen to us first before you listen to any other thing. Okay? Mm -hmm. So any trigger warnings before we get into this, Jamie? Yeah. I mean, it's a slasher, so... There's a lot of slashing, uh, some gore, some insides on the outside, pretty unpleasant. Some reference to sexual assault um, as well. Uh, anything I'm I'm missing, folks? No, I think I it was think just so. a lot of uh, insides on the outsides. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's the best way I can describe it. I feel like they describe it like that in the movie, so that I want to I want to use you know the language that they're using to describe it. Absolutely. Okay, well, before we get into all of that, is there anything new? Have you guys watched anything? Any trailers coming up that you're excited about? We're in the middle of uh, Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 1. We're continuing our Twilight rewatch. Um, My update (laughs) is that the first one's the best one. New Moon is a garbage film. Um, (laughs) Eclipse is the second best one. Uh, Even though they recast Victoria for no reason. Well, no, I heard that they originally offered the role to her, um, Bryce Dallas Howard. And she turned it down because it wasn't that big of a role. And then because the role becomes more important in the later films, she was recast. That's so stupid. She's barely (laughs) in the movie. She doesn't like, anyway, the, the fourth, the third, the third one, Eclipse, is fine. This is the second best. And it is a struggle bus to get through Breaking Dawn Part 1. But the crazy – I can't – I'm watching these for the first time. I don't know anything about these movies. <laughs> I cannot believe these are the movies people are obsessed with, but I also can believe it. Um, but I th- what surprises me the most, to be totally honest, mm-hmm. is each one of these movies is so totally different than the ones – before it or after it's it's literally like a grab bag you don't know what you're gonna get when you hit play the first one's this overly melodramatic thing the second one is boring without edward the third one is this like action movie where like the werewolves are fighting with the with the uh, vampires against <laughs> even eviler vampires who are younger like it's so totally wild and this and this this one breaking down part one is like debating abortion and and like a full sex like weird like sex like so weird hour and then <laughs> and, and there was a, and the the wedding part was nice and you think it's gonna get started it's also with a weird. wedding I didn't know who any of those people were Mm-mm. this is it was a wild film it still is we're not done with it she's just she uh, <laughs> she just drank blood we, from a styrofoam cup yeah oh, we stopped okay. yeah. Okay. A slushy from a roller rink, um, but yeah, we're we're. I, I want to finish these. Like I'm, I am having a. I know I'm like being wild about this, but like I, I really do have to say, 
I'm enjoying the hell out of watching these. Like in a world, in a world where there's no hype around it. I'm just like fake. I'm just watching it. These movies are wild. These movies are wild. Breaking, breaking, boring. Breaking, boring, part one. (laughs) Breaking, boring, part one. Fantastical. Well, I mean, you see why they have the the cult following that it does. I think half of the people are yeah. actually invested in it, but half the people just think it's so ridiculous that they're still into it, so they just buy into the ridiculousness of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. fantastic. Totally, I'm I'm having a good time. <laughs> good. Uh, now you kind of you kind of made me want to rewatch them now, so I might have to. Well, they're on Netflix until January fifteenth. Mm, okay. That's why we're doing them because gotcha. they're leaving, okay. and I don't, I'm not paying. And I'm not paying for these. <laughs> Absolutely not. You should never have to pay. No. Oh, man. If I paid for these things, I'd be so upset. <laughs> oh, I'm producer. I'm producer Brian, by the way. That's who I am. Random male noise. Random male, Random male noise. noise. In yes. the background. Fantastical. Okay. Well, uh, the thing that I watched that it wasn't uh, horror, but it was apocalyptic, which is, you know, somewhere in that horror Adjacent. Genre, adjacent was Don't Look Up, the hmm. Netflix oh, movie. we didn't watch it yet. Did you like it? I enjoyed the hell out of it. So cool. I won't say anything else about it, but just the cast of characters itself lends uh, a watch. Hmm. Cool. Let me know what you guys. It's on think. our very long list of things to watch, but I do. But I want to watch. It. Yeah, that was our uh, Christmas Christmas Eve movie, and it's hmm. <laughs> oh yes, Apocalypse. So great. Would is it? Does it? Does it go well with? Um, Slushy blood. <laughs> uh, with a side of like um, blood and with like popcorn. Yes, I think mm, so. Blood, popcorn. blood and popcorn. You know, it's like hot sauce on the popcorn. This is a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, I would say, I would say yes. It's it's hilarious. The commentary on it is just phenomenal. It hits very hard. Uh, in the current sure. time, even though it was written before COVID, even um, it was filmed during COVID, but written pre-COVID. So like hmm. the references, you're like, oh my God, this, our world is actually ending. <laughs> so it's okay. Mm-hmm. But it's a fun cool. watch. Mail Streep is great. Fantastic. So. Cool. Awesome. Well, sp- speaking of popcorn and blood, that opening scene from Scream <clears throat> Pretty screaming. Oh, well, we need the. Do, are we, do we want to do a plot summary? Or are we just going to go into it? Like, yeah. Okay. Let's do that plot summary. What's the plot? Let's tell the people what's exactly going on from Jamie's point of view. Oh, yes. Only from mine. A movie happens, the end. <laughs> right. A movie with other pop culture movie references happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fantastical. Well, Jamie's going to give us our wonderful right. two-minute plot summary for those who are I new. I am to ready. <laughs> uh, for those of you who are new to this, we always give a two-minute plot summary of the movie. So we're just going to try to cram it in for you guys. That's why you also have to watch the movie before you listen to this. But go ahead, Jamie. Ready, go. Okay, so Drew Barrymore, a.k.a. Casey, receives a phone call from an unknown caller. Um, He starts to ask her what her favorite scary movie is. Then he starts to threaten her. She says that her boyfriend's on her way, and he's big, and he's going to beat him up. And then her boyfriend gets murdered after she gets questions on the phone wrong. Um, She tries to escape 
but she gets murdered outside of her house and her parents find her corpse. And you're like, Oh my God, this famous person just got murdered in the first five minutes of the movie. Um, then we meet Nev Campbell's character, Sydney Prescott, um, who is dealing with the anniversary of her mom's murder a year ago. We meet her best friend, Rose McGowan, uh, her best friend's boyfriend, who is Shaggy, um, her boyfriend, who is a, a creep, um, and <laughs> Billy, I forgot his name. He's so creepy. Um, yes. And then, uh, oh, does she get the phone call? Um, yes. And then... Mm-hmm. Now I'm forgetting everything that happens. (laughs) My mind went totally blank and I just watched this. Um, It's the COVID brain. Um, No one in this movie has COVID. Only I have COVID. This is part of the plot. It's really important. Um, (laughs) uh, Oh, and all I can think about is the scary movie plot. So that's also messing me up. Um, The principal dies. Uh, There's a lot of other murders. Uh, Courtney Cox is the reporter who's been following the story and been following Prescott. Um, Dewey Doofy is the deputy. David Arquette falls in love with uh, with Courtney Cox. Um, they decide that they're all going to have a, a party at uh, at Shaggy's house um, without the mystery machine, and um, and a bunch seconds. of people get everybody gets murdered. Um, Sydney for some reason has sex with her greasy, gross boyfriend, and she finds out he's the murderer. He's the murderer with Shaggy. They stab each other so that they don't get caught. They try the frame the dad who's been trapped there the whole time um but then everybody who you thought was dead isn't actually dead and they kill the murderers and that's yeah, it that's <laughs> fantastic that's the plot. i don't i don't uh i'm glad i watched it <laughs> just happened i was like really stuck on the beginning and then i was like wait when does she get the phone i couldn't remember when she got the phone call (laughs) and then it just kind of like devolved from there i love that (laughs) always happens to us where you have two minutes to do the plot summary and then for some reason one minute and 45 seconds is the first five minutes of the movie always and then and then, like, yeah, and then all of a sudden you're scrambling to, like, tell the whole movie but tell in 15 me I'm seconds. Wrong. Tell me I'm wrong in how I described it. Everybody gets – everyone gets murdered, and then you find out that none of them were actually killed, and they're all fine, and then they all do kill the bad guys. Yeah. Just a lot of fake-outs until, yeah. until they find the actual person. Mm-hmm. And then persons. Persons. Uh, that's the twist. And uh, – <laughs> And then that's it. Also, the boyfriend's name is Billy, but I'm definitely yeah. going to refer to Shaggy as Shaggy from now on. His name is not Stu <laughs> in the movie. It is Shaggy. Okay. Shaggy and, and good old Billy. Okay. Ugh, I, for, I forgot Billy's name was Billy. I don't know why, because I remember, I remember Skeet Ulrich, which is like such a wild name. So wild. But he's just so like scumbaggy, this whole movie. Absolutely. Ugh. I mean, I think he definitely... I, Plays Just the same <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, grand. So, quick questions. I am assuming this is not you guys' first time watching this movie. Do you remember the first time you watched this movie? Tell me. I I don't remember the first time I watched this movie. My the strongest memory that I have related to Scream was watching the second one. I saw the second one first mm, when okay. I was in like fourth grade. Yeah, for sure. Brian, did you see this or this is your first time? 
I, no, I, I saw this when it came out. I do not remember seeing it for the first time. This is one of those movies that I actually don't remember seeing, but I remember always being a part of like everything, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I don't remember the first time I saw it. Um, I've seen it multiple times since. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. even Jamie and I watched a couple of ha- uh, Halloweens ago um, when it was on Netflix still. Um, but yeah, this is a this is a fun rewatch. Absolutely, I definitely just thinking about like things to talk about on the podcast too, and not realizing how heavily related to mental health and that it just outright states a lot of things, which I obviously have questions about, Jamie, if they are true or not, as far as like mental health things that they self-diagnose on themselves. Mm -hmm. Uh, I will say that, uh, Jamie, you mentioned the scary movie movies, the uh, Wayans Brothers like (laughs) franchise or chain, as we like to call it here on the Talking Mm -hmm. War. And that was my first introduction to that was making fun of the making fun of the making fun of the thing. Mm -hmm. And so I just specifically remember watching scary movie and that whole plot, but then going back and watching the actual scream movies because in, I mean, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen scary movie, I mean, it's all crazy and ridiculous anyway, but like the deputy is the one that ends up like fooling everyone at the end. So when I watched- (laughs) Yes, Doofy. (laughs) So when I watched Scream for the first time, my first thought was like, oh, well, I guess like the Dewey is going to be the killer because that's Mm -hmm. what happened in scary movie. So Mm -hmm. this has to be closely related. Absolutely not. So I was very happy to have the twist and surprise at the end. That's kind of cool (laughs) that like that you thought it was somebody else. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because like what rewatching this movie, it's. I know this isn't fair to say, mm-hmm. but like they, it's very clear that it's the two of them when watching this movie. When you know, obviously, yeah, because there, I think Wes Craven does a really good job of laying down clues, but not being thick about laying down the clues. Absolutely, like like that that whole conversation by the fountain when they're talking about how to gut somebody, mm-hmm. and then Billy's like, dude. Like no one's saying you did when when he's like I didn't kill her and and then and then he's saying like no, no one said did. you did yes. mm-hmm. like like there are like little things like that throughout this movie that I just like never cared to pay attention to until mm-hmm. this time watching it through for this podcast. Um, but we'll get into all that stuff. Yes, can I piggyback off of that and just say and while I'm saying this, I want you guys to think of so we can just go uh, get to all the good good stuff. But just think about like three, four, five things that like really made you enjoy this movie or things that you liked about this. And I just want to piggyback off of Brian with the clues because that's one of the things that I really enjoyed, especially integrated with the references to other horror movies because there's a moment when the killer first uh, gets into Sydney's house but then Billy comes in through the door and Mm -hmm. hugs her and she was like the killer's in the house the killer's in the house and then it's like but he he is in the house that is him he is the killer and I think that's just such a that was such a smart move because that's also in reference to what like Black Christmas like the phone calls are coming from inside the house you know sure or like when a stranger calls like all of those like Mm -hmm. all of those things and so I think it's just great how he uh, gives those little subtle clues like that. Some of the other things that I had like, well, I saw a meme the other day before I started watching this that said like Scream was the one thing that made an entire generation not want to pick up the phone. And it's just so funny because like our generation also doesn't like phone calls in general. Very true. (laughs) 
we just like send us a voicemail. I don't even want to, I don't even want to talk to it, but mm-hmm. the fake advertising with Drew Barrymore being like the main thing to draw you to the movie and then having her die. And then also having like Freddy Krueger as the janitor inside the school, which was oh played God. by Wes Craven, I believe, which I think mm-hmm. people know that. I did not know that. Uh, and I also just love how the women are not victims, helpless victims in this. Like they're all fighting back regardless of what their outcome is. They're mm-hmm. still like, you know, fighting back. Putting and up a really that, good fight. Yeah. Yeah. And trying to make smart decisions. We'll talk about human behavior because there are some other things that are just kind of like, come on, guys, like, you know better <laughs> than this. But for the most part, I will say that they made some pretty good decisions in their state of being. Mm-hmm. So that's just a couple of things I like about it. What about you guys? Yeah. I mean, you, okay. So here's, here's. I too, I think like thinking back on it, I had to have seen scary movie before I saw this movie. The hold, (laughs) the hold that scary movie has on me. I was (laughs) been rewatching this. I was literally calling out to Brian just being like, Oh, and in this scene in scary movie is when they do this instead. I don't know. Like, I don't know how many times I've seen scary movie. I think I've watched it a lot when it's been on TV. Like Mm -hmm. I definitely was that person where like, if there was something that I'm like, cool, this is on. I'll just leave this on. And I would just rewatch dozens of things. Yes. I, I like, I think I remember if you asked me to like repeat the plot of scary movie back to you in the beginning for two minutes, I think I could probably do that more effectively than I just did the scream. <laughs> I, I don't, it just like stands out in my mind. So like the, the things that then are like supposed to be serious, I mm-hmm. was having a much harder time, like staying present and finding serious. Cause I was just thinking about all the parodies, um, that have existed, but, um, absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. (laughs) Brian, what are some things that you really like about this particular movie or even just the whole chain in general? I've seen scream a million times. I've seen Scream 2 once. I remember who the killer was, but that's all I remember about Don't the movie. Don't tell me because I don't remember. No, no. No, no. <laughs> I've never seen 3 or 4, so that's actually just a watch for me. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm really excited for the new one, especially because I like the directors and the writer. Um, and so that that's going to be super fun to watch, and, and especially after watching all of these. So I'm looking forward to all of that. The thing that I really enjoyed about this movie is I – I really forgot how much of this is, like you said, Nikisha, mental health related and just like trauma related Mm. Um, in terms of at least at the very least Sydney and the way that the whole town sees Sydney. I remember that it happened to her, but I forgot about the details of how it's woven into the plot Mm -hmm. and how characters react to it. Mm -hmm. Um, the the beginning still holds up, be, and I think the the beginning holds up not be one because of just the concept of the phone calls and chasing around the house and all that. But the beginning really holds up for me because the parents being right there while she's being killed is just like very effective. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just think it's really well paced. It's a it's also a combination of campy it's the perfect amount of campy versus groundedness Mm -hmm. and i i think that there are questionable decisions by everybody in this movie especially when it comes to like characters and like like we talked about this like why in the world would she put the costume on at the end (laughs) yeah any sense Mm -hmm. that was crazy Mm -hmm. to me um (laughs) i understand like man billy is horrible to her like, forget about him being the murderer. What a 
freaking manipulative manipulative monster he is in in just as whether not that he looks like a high school boy but like you know just like as yeah like like it's just it's really painful to watch because she seems like a much more powerful person um or stand-up woman than the script calls for Mm -hmm. because like I, I just feel like someone like her, or, I don't know. There, something feels weird. I don't know if it's the acting or the writing or whatnot about like her staying with him, and then like it felt like the script called for her to have sex with him, so like they did, as opposed to like I don't know. He was so beyond skeevy, but maybe we can see that as a third party, and she can't totally see that from her perspective. Like I don't know, but again, that's horror movie for you. I just it is it. This is the last thing I'll say about remembering this movie. (laughs) (laughs) We remember it as this like seminal slasher movie that changed the game, the genre. It's meta. We all remember that. But like I feel like in our memories, it's it's a perfect film. It is a perfect film, like a horror slasher movie. But like it's it's not the prestige that we think of it in our head. It's still a campy, rompy, good time. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's still, like, it's not this, like, prestige film. Like, a, you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know if I'm articulating myself well enough. But does that make sense? It's yeah. still just, like, a, a teen slasher that's spectacular because of how meta it is. Right. Yes. I mean, it's it's... <sighs> Something that it's was done flaws. that was, yeah, it has its flaws, but I think it was just because it was like making fun of itself on mm-hmm. top of just being campy with a hint of seriousness. That's why we all enjoy it. But I understand it's not like, like how Get Out in its social commentary and everything was just so on point. And like, you know what it's talking about. There is a new aspect of things that's cultural references and stuff like that of our time. Like, mm-hmm. and that's what we appreciate it for on top of the acting, on top of everything else. But at the end of the day, like you said, Brian, it is just a slasher movie. So I understand what you mean by there's, it's not like 110% perfect in everything. But I think that's also why it's still good because that's not what the focus of it is. It's like this weird thing where like it's not perfect because of its flaws, but its flaws make it perfect. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. I agree with that statement. So now that we're just getting into it, let's just talk about the mental health aspect of it and the, the character. So... Let's start with Sydney. She has a lot going on. There mm-hmm. is everything that has happened with her mother on top of just not her only being murdered, but her dealing with like um, Jamie and Brian were talking about like with uh, testifying and, and feeling like she was, she's now realizing that she might've testified falsely because she didn't have a clear view of what was going on, of who actually was the murderer. So she's dealing with, that guilt on top of like someone actually trying to kill her now on top of how people are perceiving her in her school, in her town, uh, on top of the rumors about her mom, you know, mm-hmm. so there's, there's a lot happening and there's one moment where she is talking to Billy and they're kind of like making their amends, I think right before they have sex. And she says that she thinks she's selfish and self-absorbed because of her PTSD do you think her actions just in, in the movie would warrant that statement to be true? Do you think that she in any way was being selfish or self-absorbed and that that was a direct result of, or I don't know, Brian was talking about uh, uh, about like the decisions that she was making to like 
end up having sex with him or how he manipulated her. I think Mm -hmm. that we can look at that on the outside and say that doesn't really add up. But I think there is an element of like teenage mindset that leads her to make the decisions and to be impressionable uh, to, you know, go along with what Billy is saying because of everything that has happened, but because she's also still like technically a teenager, like, you know, mm-hmm. having those thoughts and, you know, all that stuff. But anyway, do you think my original question, selfish and self-absorbed because of PTSD, do you think that that is true? I mean, I, I think that I was thinking about that moment of like when she decides that she like wants to have sex with Billy and like, it's just so upsetting. Like, watching the movie in its entirety and then like revisiting that scene because there's also a part I think earlier in the movie where he says that like earlier in their relationship they were like hot and heavy and things have kind of fizzled out which like makes me think that like okay when they first started dating maybe this was like before her mom got murdered do we know like Mm -hmm. that timeline I don't remember when they started or like how long they've been yeah, dating for. I think in the school after the first time she sees them after he gets out of jail, he makes the statement of like, they were hot and heavy before. And then he was like, but then, and then she was like, my mom died. Yeah. Okay. So, That's what I thought. Because yeah. like, it's just, it's so like, I mean, I think that speaks to his, you know, sociopathic personality, mm-hmm. his inability to like empathize and have any remorse for, I mean, aside from the fact that like he is in fact the murderer, um, but mm-hmm. separate from that, like the lack of remorse that he has over the fact that she is grieving this loss. And like, of course, you know, as a teenager, like your sex drive might be high and your decision-making skills might not be all there, but like, you know, the impact that trauma and grief, as, as we talked about last season, our theme of grief, um, Mm -hmm. like it's going to impact her. It's going to impact her relationships. It's going to impact her, you know, desire to like, want to have sex. Like, of course she doesn't want to have sex. Does that make her selfish? I don't think so. I think that's like, I think she's trying to like understand and make sense of, and feeling guilty probably, Mm -hmm. feeling guilty that like her mom is dead, feeling guilty that like she doesn't feel like she can be intimate with her boyfriend because her mom is dead and she's still like working through that. Like she, like that's what he's guilt tripping her into having sex with him and it's working and it's awful. It's like, it's just so upsetting. And so like, I hate that she then internalizes what he's saying to her and says like, I'm being selfish. So like, I'm going to put aside my selfishness and like have sex with you. And like, even when she agrees to doing it, like I'm not convinced, like there's not enough conviction in her, in her. Mm -hmm. Yes. That like has me okay with it. And it's just so upsetting. So like, I don't think that, I don't think that you can call it selfish. Um, Mm -hmm. I, at, at least like for her. And I don't know, like if she has sought out grief counseling or, um, you know, has like worked through any of, of that, like outside of just kind of herself, but like she does have her best friend, Rose McGowan, um, who's like, who is actually like a a really good friend to her, I think for the most part throughout this movie, Mm -hmm. um, like is inviting her over for sleepovers is like, you know, going toe to toe with Courtney Cox anytime she's around to try to take advantage of her. Um, she is like, you know, advocating for her, like in front of her 
brother who's the police officer, which like that makes no sense to me. Um, <laughs> yes. And so like having this like really, really strong friendship, I think is, is helpful and like mm-hmm. has helped her significantly get through. Also like I was going to say before, when you were talking about the the things that have happened and like the people around her and navigating all those relationships, what the hell is up with her dad? Like he's so, I mean, obviously he's like such a minor character yeah. that is also kind of like talked about throughout the movie because mm-hmm. he's speculated to be the killer. Um, especially if like, if he is the one that was cheated on, then like, then he might have motive, blah, blah, blah. Right, but right. like, the dynamic between them two is so weird. I, I don't know. It just like seems so farcical. Their 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 connection is like non-existent, but the connection with Rose McGowan is like super strong. So I'm like, cool. Like as long as you have somebody that you're leaning on, um, right. and I think that too highlights like a degree of like also not selfishness because like I think it would be different if maybe she was like intentionally isolating herself, but she's right. not, she's like at a place where she's really connecting with her support system. Yeah. Um, she's going to school, like, you know, she's trying to, to get back into things. And I think all yeah. of that is like indicators of, of not selfishness. I imagine that like, if she wanted to be selfish, she would isolate, she would like remove herself from all of that, but she's choosing not to. Yeah. No, that's great. And even if you, you even you bringing up the her like not wanting to have sex with her boyfriend, like that also makes me think of maybe because she says she doesn't want to end up like her mom. Like one of the comments, she says she doesn't want to end up like her mom. So that also leads me to believe that maybe the rumors that she's been hearing all of this time like might be true. And so that might mm-hmm. be a thing that's like letting keeping her to like, like abstaining her from having sex is because she was like, I don't want to have the rumor mill going around about me and like all the things like that. So there's just so many other layers on top of, of that. She also says that she was like wallowing in the grief process for so long. And I think this is mm-hmm. in the same conversation when she talks about her PTSD and, and being self-absorbed. Where do you think that she was in the grief process at the beginning of this movie. Does it were there hmm. any signs that she was still kind of in there cuz like you said she was like going to school and um you know having relationships outside of it and going out and all that stuff like that but just wanted to to see what you thought about that. I mean, I also wonder if like <clears throat> due to the like gratuitous nature of her mother's murder that like, you know, sex becoming this like point of trauma for her because of what happened to her mom that like Mm -hmm. it's probably so much harder to be intimate like to want to be intimate without thinking about that trauma um Mm -hmm. and so like I mean I could see her kind of really you know to the best of her abilities like accepting the fact that like this is what happened because she seems very resolved Mm -hmm. in her in her um idea of like pointing out who she thinks the murderer is. And so I think that there is like this degree of acceptance there because as soon as like there's doubt that's cast that she might have wrongly accused someone, I think that starts to also like shake up her. And, and I think anniversaries are hard anyway. So like that's Mm -hmm. also this like running, running in the background is that the anniversary of her mom's death is coming up and, 
anniversaries can be like a really tumultuous time, regardless of how much time has passed. In this movie, mm-hmm. it's only been a year. Like it's totally understandable that she's like a wreck this time. It's right. only been a year. Um, and you know, in moving forward in the future, like it's still going to be a really hard time. So I think that too, um, might, might change how she is like during this period of time. Maybe if we saw her like a couple months before or even a couple months after would, Mm. um, would things look differently, but I think it will always be more challenging on an anniversary. Absolutely. Now, this is a question for the both of you because this is just a, a speculation type thing, but there's a scene in the bathroom which was really crazy about the girls who were talking about Sydney is probably the killer because mm-hmm. of ABCDEFG, and they state it, it, be, it could be because of the trauma of her mom and, like, hearing all the rumors about her mother and, like, that's what caused Sydney to snap and that's why she, you know, killed everyone. And it was just such an interesting conversation, first off, for teenagers to be having. And they reference, you know, like it, it's because of they watch Ricky Lake and that's what seems like that <laughs> would be the issue is, you know. So I just want to ask the both of you, do you think that that would have been a better storyline if Sydney was the one that just kind of like snapped? Do you think that's believable to you guys, just in another another universe, like, do you think that that could have been a stronger uh, storyline for you know the person who is seemingly playing the victim, the survival, the final girl, actually is the one who is going in off the deep end and killing everyone? I don't know. I I I, I understand that concept and like how that would subvert your expectations and stuff like that, but. <clears throat> I, I don't I don't think so. I, I, I think that this is this was great. You know, you're thinking about if it's I, I think that the real twist of this is that it was two people and not one. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Especially because like Shaggy's reason just makes no sense. Like he was just like peer pressured, like very easily peer pressured into like being a murderer. Right. Exactly. I mean, that's well, that's less believable than maybe Sydney becoming the murderer. Well, which leads me to believe then what do you think like was wrong with Shaggy to be the one to, because also this movie makes a lot of commentary about teens in the nineties being desensitized to things. Sure. And even making the references that movies are the thing that is causing all of this stuff to happen. Like people are getting these ideas from the movies and you know, it's making killers and all that stuff. So like, I don't know. To me, it seems like there is something mentally going on with him To ma- that leads me to believe that he would definitely just go along with whatever because there's something going on in his mind. And I guess my question is, what do you think? Like, how would you diagnose this person? Actually, both of them, Shag- Shaggy and Billy, because they do- <laughs> Shaggy and Scooby. Shaggy and Scooby, <laughs> if you will. Yes. I mean, because um, they, do, they do call themselves <laughs> sociopaths. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, I think they both have to be because neither of them show any kind of remorse. Um, yeah. Walk me down I almost, the, the definition of sociopaths and like examples that are given that kind of prove like this is where they are in this movie. Um, I mean, like somebody who, uh, um, 
like has no remorse, has a difficulty with like following social norms, um, like doesn't care, like knows, like doesn't really care to know the difference between right and wrong. Um, mm-hmm. can't recognize or empathize, manipulates. Um, and then I think like, um, here's something that I always trip up, um, is psychopathy and sociopathy. And I used to talk mm. with my friend all about it and I would get it wrong every time. So I want to make sure that I like don't mess it up. Sure. But I feel like, um, cause I think we use those terms like interchangeably. And I mm-hmm. think that there's a lot of similarities between the two. Um, and like more, uh, like when it comes to actual like diagnosing, there isn't like a, you're diagnosed with being a psychopath or being a sociopath. Mm. Um, mm-hmm the like official diagnostic manual calls it, um, antisocial personality disorder. And it's mm. like pretty, I mean, uh, personality disorders generally are very rare. So like, even when we talk about narcissists, um, you know, that is a like commonly thrown around term, I think a lot. Um, but like, like true diagnosable narcissism is, is like not as, as common. Um, and so Mm -hmm. it's, it's, and it's harder, I think, to identify these things in people because I would say like the biggest difference between like a personality disorder versus, um, you know, something like depression or anxiety is like you, you can tell when like, you're not feeling like yourself, like you as a person, you're like, oh, I'm like, I'm feeling low. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling depressed. I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling overwhelmed. Um, and like, you know, you can then seek out help and support in that way. Yeah. The idea behind personality disorders is like, there's nothing wrong with them. There's something wrong with everyone else. So it's mm. a lot harder to have that like insight that maybe like there's something going on that could be negatively impacting you or other people around you. Mm-hmm. Um and, and, and there's also just like a ton of stigma that comes with personality disorders. Um, uh, like borderline personality disorders is, is something that like, you know, would, would like, there's a lot of stigma with BPD. Um, and, and so I think a, a lot of mental health practitioners, um, sometimes will shy away and steer clear of folks who say that they might be, might have been diagnosed with a personality disorder. Yeah. Um, so I think that too then makes it harder to like approach and support and understand folks that might be presenting with some of these characteristics. Um, yeah. I would like to I, point out, sorry, before mm-hmm. you continue that. No, no, no. The Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is an incredible TV show that talks about borderline personality uh, disorders. And uh, mm-hmm. I think it does a really nice job just from watching it. I mean, I obviously have no degrees in any of this. I don't know any of this, but just watching it and how they <laughs> hand, they at least handle mental health with a lot. You can tell they handle it with a lot of care. And so mm-hmm. if, if you like musical stuff and uh, mental health things, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is a great TV show to go through that. It specifically talks about a borderline personality disorder. Anyway, I agree. So, um, As a mental health practitioner, I agree. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend <laughs> has great songs and also like does a really wonderful service to <clears throat> reflecting on not, I mean, not just BPD, like they kind mm-hmm. of go through a lot of different, um, like symptoms that the main character is experiencing as, yeah. as she's like 
going through her mental health journey and figuring out what she's experiencing and like, you know, putting a name to all of that. There's quite a few names that she goes through before she gets there. And so, Mm -hmm. um, if anybody is interested in that, I think it like represents all of those things very well. For sure. Um, but, um, no, I was going to Google the difference between a sociopath and a psychopath. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> we need to know these things because I, I, I honestly have heard those things interchanged and even just having, uh, Billy and, and Shaggy in the movie, like, I think they interchange it as well. I mean, I, I've heard like sociopath a lot, but please let us know like what, what the difference yeah. is. So, um, this article says in a nutshell, People with sociopathy sociopathy may have little empathy and a habit of rationalizing their actions, but they do know the difference between right and wrong. Psychopathy um, or psychopathy, according to this person, um, the psychologist who created a psycho... Oh my God, why can't I say this word? Psychopathy? <laughs> yeah. Checklist um, says that uh, there is no sense of morality or empathy. So like being able to understand and then, and, and not care, um, Mm -hmm. is like one degree of, of, you know, like antisocial, I would say versus just not having any understanding for it, just not being able to like read it and understand it. I think that's like a really interesting thing to note. And, and in that sense, I might even say like maybe Billy, is more of the sociopath because like, I think he knows what he's doing is wrong. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe Shaggy is so blinded by peer pressure that he's having a harder time. He's like just doing what Billy's telling him to do, which makes me wonder if he like, there's a part where he is crying because he's more upset with the idea that his parents will be mad at him with his actions than the idea that he is helping murder and assault people, um, Mm -hmm. which makes me wonder like if he just does not, like there's something that he just doesn't understand. Yeah, absolutely. Also his parents are going to be so mad at him. (laughs) Just lean heavy on. They're going to be so pissed. (laughs) (laughs) We got to get, I was just like, what are you talking about? What are you even talking about? But then I remember the part where he's like, I'm going woozy, man. (laughs) That was my impression. Oh, God. Lillard getting woozy. Uh, I want to just say this because this was a thing that annoyed me so much when you're talking to someone about your trauma and then they try to like say a story that they think is relatable and it's like nowhere near relatable and they can't Mm. like listen to you and let you vent or process the things. Or- <laughs> I want to know what you're going to say. Well, I, you you had mentioned it, Jamie, is when they were having the conversation about, um, she's she's like, yo, dude, my mother died and the anniversary is coming up in a year. And he was like, well, my mom left me too. And it was just like, not the same, dude. It's not, not the same. It's not the same. And I, I, I thought about the word trauma bonding but that's but that wouldn't be the case though because that's not that's not the same thing, correct? Yeah. No, I mean I I don't think I don't think she's bonding with him because they've both experienced trauma and I think I mean my guess is that he very intentionally chose her because he's like continuing to act out this like revenge plot that he has. Mm-hmm. Um but 
I don't think, I don't think that like they came together necessarily because they both lost their mothers again, because I think the timing were to assume that they were already together before her mother was murdered. Yes, you're correct. Yes. Okay. Unless he found out, unless he started dating her after his uh, mom left, which was before her mom was killed and got Mm -hmm. close to her and then killed the mom and then was like playing a long con. He might have been. Yikes. Hmm. Either way, he's a creep. Either way, He's so greasy in this movie. I can't, it's so distracting. Well, he has the Sean Hunter, you know, middle part with the hair down the sides, the boy. But it's like, like, like grease strands in front of his head. It's, it's just, I'm like, all I want is this dude to take a shower and like, <laughs> just blow out like his clean hair. up. Yeah. It's just, Do a blow up. <laughs> not uh, for me. Last thing I want to say about um, this, I mean, we continue the conversation, but this is the last thing that I have. Uh, he, Billy... <laughs> in his rage at the very end and explaining his motive and all of the things, which that just led me to, sorry, side note, I'm all over the place. This movie's just so good. There's so many things. <laughs> the fact that he was like, you don't need uh, a motive mm. anymore. Like that's what makes it more scary. I love that mm-hmm. because that's what made me enjoy Black Christmas, which is also an episode that you guys should watch that we have covered. <laughs> because there was no there was no motive. It was just a random person that killed and you we didn't we never saw the killer and we mm-hmm. never figured out like what it was for. It was just some random person that was just killing people. So anyway, mm-hmm. in that whole spiel, he says maternal abandonment causes deviant behavior. Do you think that is true? <laughs> that this that it causes that it causes this much deviant behavior. His probably probably not this much, but mm-hmm. I mean, I I definitely think that you know the influence that our relationships, like our attachment styles and our relationships to our parents, like definitely influences us. I don't think that it like leads to murder, um, (laughs) and assault, but, uh, I think that's a stretch. Um, but I, I, I get the, the gist of what he's trying trying to say, say. (laughs) which is, and then (laughs) that makes, so go ahead. Oh no, I was going to say, it's interesting because like, I think more often you get the, the, the father leaving trope. And Mm -hmm. so it's interesting that like, this is taking the mother leaving and, and therefore like he lacks empathy and compassion because he doesn't have a mother. Um, Mm. like it's just, it's an interesting take on, you know, what happens in a parent's absence, what are you missing? And what, how does that then like shape a child in his case, He's also like a fucking adult. Like, what, yes. <laughs> what what point is he trying? Like, how long ago did his mom abandon him? Wasn't it like maybe over a year ago? Like, he's a he's a. I mean, he's he's like thirty, but like in this movie, I guess he's like what supposed to be seventeen or sixteen or I don't know. These like adult teenagers are supposed to be absolutely um, yes, but like he's he's not like. I mean, I think. That's, that is besides the point because like, you know, parents can get divorced and separated and things can happen. And that obviously again can influence things. But I think that like to say that his mom leaving a year ago has then like shifted him to the point where he's like murdering all these people, I think is outrageous. Yeah. So, and that answers my next question, which was going to be like, so obviously we're led to believe that he 
had sociopathic behavior probably way before this. And this mm-hmm. might have been just like a catalyst that, mm-hmm. you know, added to him already, you know, being the, what is it? The Damien, is that the boy from the Omen? Yes. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Like that kind of behavior. Like he he had this before and this. Sure. He just, he maybe. Yeah. Like maybe, you know, and again, like they say with, um, with a lot of these types of like, with his type of personality, you would imagine that other things would have happened. Like he would have been like torturing small animals and like other things like that. that Maybe nobody had ever seen before. And, and so like for him to just like go straight to murder is highly unlikely. Um, even if it was like, a crime of passion, you mm-hmm. know, like if the murder, if the murder of Sydney's mom happened because he like went into a rage the night that his mom left his dad. Um, and like, it wasn't premeditated or anything. That's not to say that like everything then that followed this entire movie was all premeditated. Like, where are you getting this outfit from? Where are you getting the voice changer from? You mm-hmm. bought the cell phone. Like, you have thought about this, sir. You've thought about this like very thoroughly. Um, yes. I, I don't like, I, I'm willing to buy that. Like maybe he went into a rage and like, you know, didn't plan the murder of Sydney's mom. But like, you can't say that about everything else that happened. I mean, a lot of the murders happen by chance. Like he's like stalking and killing his victims. So like they have to be in certain places, mm-hmm. but, but like, he's still planning all of this. Like he's still doing this has all the steps in mind. He didn't know that he was yeah. going to like murder Rose McGowan via docky door in the garage. Which was so which crazy. Is my favorite, favorite kill. Uh, favorite and worst kill. Talk about human behavior and the thing that was super dumb. <laughs> the fact that the- To the crawl in the door. That the garage did open enough for you to just like- Why don't you your roll? Ass underneath. Hurl your ass underneath that fucking garage, okay? It wasn't going to like chop her legs off or anything. It's no. a, Like, can a garage door kill you? Can, well, is like there any planning. garage door experts out there that can that can comment and let us know the mechanics? Because I too used to be afraid of my garage door growing oh, up, no. but like it. First of all, it never came down that fast, and second of all, it has the the sensor at the bottom so that if you get in the way, it stops it from going down. Yes. But third of all, I don't think that it would like decapitate or chop off your limbs. I think it would bonk you on the head and that's about that's it. it. Because there's padding like at the bottom so of yeah, it. Yeah, it's like a little so, cushion thing. Yes, yes. So the <laughs> fact that she went through the doggy door I think was one of the, the, the dumber decisions made in this movie in a movie where it had a lot of good things happening. And she also in good like, I, she could have fit. Like she totally could have fit. Like it annoys me it annoys me that she like doesn't haul ass because like the the angle that she's gotten in there like she, her shoulders are like in there she can yes. she can like leverage her body like it, it just like why are you slowing down once you get there um, exactly and like just keep going or or yank yourself out as it's going up like either either side that she was on would have been totally fine and yeah. she's just like okay well time to lose my head I don't. I don't know. Like, 
What did he even do? And then, and even speaking on like just moving and then stopping, that's what got me in the whole Drew Barrymore opening scene, like as beautifully Mm. crafted as it was, the fact that she was outside, saw her parents, but then stopped to turn around and see where he was. I'm just Mm -hmm. hauling ass to my parents, like to get as close to them as possible. Like it doesn't, I'm not going to look behind me to see like how close this person, this particular person is to me. Like that was, that was dumb. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, that one, that one was dumb. What were, yeah, we haven't talked about the, the kills yet. Should we like reflect? Oh yeah. Let's reminisce. <laughs> Wait, while we're talking about bad decisions or good decisions, mm-hmm. something that I really liked about this movie is Sydney makes that comment about horror movie screen queens. Yes. When it's just like, like, why would you go back into the house? Like, you're supposed to leave or whatnot. But the second that she has the opportunity to leave, she can't because the door is locked. So she has to go upstairs. I love that moment. Mm-hmm. It's so, it, like, if you're paying attention, like, yes. you, you can, you really eat it up. Um, it's it was awesome. Like like Wes Craven clearly puts obstacles in her way so that she has to make the bad decision, even though it's her only decision. Mm-hmm, I really right. appreciated that. And then she makes the great decision. The way she keeps her dad out is the way she keeps the killer out when she's dialing nine one one on a computer. I guess. Yes. Like, oh my god, I I yes. love that. Wait, I I like tried to do that when I was younger, I think. And like, I remember seeing them being like, can I lock the doors? And also why is her door lock so poor? But anyway, I couldn't, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't make the doors go in that way. So it never, it never worked for me, but I thought that was ingenious. And I, I've like thought about it ever since. Uh, absolutely. Yes. Dialing on the computer is a, a fantastic move, but I also, but even, even in that moment, like I did appreciate it for what it was because she actually was trying to do the thing of going mm-hmm. outside, but it's just one of those little, you just have to close the door, take the thing off and then open it back up. I know you're in a frenzy and I know like things are happening, but it's not like the door was stuck. She still could have just like had it open up, but I'll, I'll well, leave it alone. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll say when, when you're in like fight or flight or freeze, mm-hmm. You might not like your your body is in like protection mode. Like you you might not be thinking about each of the steps in that order because mm-hmm. your body is just like go go go. And so like you might not be able like truly you might not be. I've I've learned enough times from being scared in my own kitchen from Brian just coming up and down the stairs that like freeze is my go to and mm-hmm. I'm just gonna get murdered. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, interesting. <laughs> Not by Brian, but like just in general. In general. So Brian, don't expect help because Jamie will be frozen. Yes. Okay, yeah, no, so, this is good to know. This is good. Yeah, yeah I just want to give you some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Speaking of the genre, I think it's just also, this is just a random question, but then we can go through the kills because I would love to go through the kill list. They mention uh, Billy is like, oh, well, this all is just a movie, you know, but you don't get to pick your genre. She was like, I just want a Meg Ryan movie, blah, 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 blah. What do you think your your life movie genre is? Like, or what would you want it to be? Mm. I want mine to be a comedy that's heartwarming in the end. Nice. Give me a movie reference. (laughs) What? Give me a movie reference. Um, I'll give a TV reference. Okay. 
like 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 a really good episode of Scrubs or a really good episode of uh anything um from Bill Lawrence like like uh a sitcom and not necessarily a sitcom. I'm just giving it about sitcom sitcom examples. Yeah. Um, like also maybe like a book smart or something like that. Oh, where it's I like love this like smart. fun, like like <laughs> like it's very funny and 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 it. But in the end, it's just really heartfelt and about people. Yeah. Um, like like a Ted Lasso or something like that. Ooh, nice. Hmm. Yeah, mine would definitely involve. It would be closer on the crazy ex girlfriend side as far as like. <laughs> Mental health and musicals, because that's all mm-hmm. I got, <laughs> guys. Just a whole lot of anxiety and some fun musical numbers with a little bit of a little bit of a tap in there. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't know. I feel like I feel like a few years ago I could have said that my life closely aligns with Law and Order SVU. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Not in the like I'm getting murdered or assaulted way, but in the no. But you're the to- Olivia. Right? You're yeah. Finding all the things. Yeah. We used to get emails of like, oh, they're filming outside of our offices. And I was like, oh, I want to go see. And it was like, they're filming between 4 and 6 a.m. And I was like, I will be asleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool, though. I didn't know they were filming outside of your place. Your well, place it was the work. DA's office where I worked. Nice. So they would film outside of like the real one. And I was like, that's cool. I work here. This is where I work. I know all these hallways. I know everything about this. <laughs> I love SVU. That's my favorite one. Uh, fantastical. So let's go through the the kill list. Mm-hmm. Kill shots. And whether we think these are good decisions or not. So right off the bat, uh, Drew Barrymore. Oh, Steve, Steve is before. Ooh, you're right. Sydney. I would have lost. I would have lost the game. Oh no! Oh. If they asked me, I would have lost. <clears throat> Damn it. Do you know the answer, by the way? I in when I first watched it, I did not. But mm. after, I mean, this go around, I was like, oh yes, because I binged, you know, through the quarantine, all of the everything. So it's like, yeah, Jason isn't even the killer. Mm-hmm. It's his mom. Uh, but yes, yeah, so Steve, as far as he had no chance. There's nah. butts on the floor. There's nothing that he could have even potentially done. So it's just like, all right, dude, you're. I will excuse this. <laughs> I will pass this death <laughs> because this killing. Because you had yeah. it was set up for Steve failure. was blindsided. He would just come into Netflix and chill with Drew Barrymore, <laughs> exactly. and he just got he just got he got got he, he, he got got he got caught in the crossfire. <laughs> Which that just reminded me because I don't even think we talked about this like. Why the hell was he targeting all the other people that had nothing to do with his actual plan? Like, do you think that was just like fun kills for him or like practice practice shots to see if it'll work? You know? Um, I think, well, I guess I think that he just wanted to like utterly destroy Sydney's entire family. And so he just, I think the more kills he could get, as long as he could pin it all on her dad, it didn't matter. Oh, because okay. like yeah, I, yeah. I think that's that's my my guess. <coughs> yeah. Also, I don't know. They, they said it was Shaggy's ex girlfriend. Maybe he was just jealous and like like mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like maybe he just wanted to do that. You know, rules of the game where she's she's not a virgin, mm-hmm. so they were yeah. able to like. I feel like there's a obviously they never pin it down, but there's definitely a lot of avenues that lead towards her for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Well, then the next one after that, after 
well, Drew Barrymore, yes. Mm-hmm. I feel like she tried her best, but first off, why would you continue to have a conversation with a stranger on the Annoys phone? Annoys me. Annoys me to no end. To no I don't know end. you. Hang up the phone. Yes. I also am just upset. I know that this is just good, like, you know, optics to have a big old house with like stairs and doors everywhere and floor to ceiling windows and stuff. But I'm just like, you people live in the fucking middle of nowhere. Where are the neighbors? Like where, where is everything? And that just kind of annoys me that there's like nobody else around that you could contact. But anyway, Drew Barrymore, her own demise because she didn't even like pick up a knife until Mm -hmm. the very end. Mm -hmm. Like, there's things already happening. There's so many tools that she could have used. Like that that was just... And then her stopping to turn around and look at the killer when she could have just jetted to her parents. It's just like, I ah, can't do it. I will say, she plays it very believably, even though a lot of her decision-making is poor. Um, and I think that's what gets me... Th- I, I, that's The Drew Barrymore kill is my favorite kill of the whole movie. I'll just... That, that's my favorite for many reasons. Um, but it's definitely one of my favorites. And it's just so engaging. And she's so she really goes through these like there's a whole arc to her fear in at the beginning of this. You mm-hmm. could tell that she I mean, I, I think she was originally supposed to be Sydney, but ha- couldn't do it for other reasons. And then just did this beginning part. But like the character has an a f- arc of fear and like the, the journey from beginning to end to being murdered. It's just so satisfying in terms of just like this like mini scene if that makes sense mm-hmm. um and 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 just like the and the parents seeing her from the the tree it's just like it's it's a perfect sequence even if her decision making is like not necessarily what what would have happened like For sure. also like who's i mean and and we we commented during the movie like why are the doors open like like yes. but like she was also waiting for her boyfriend maybe she left the door open so he can come in but, but like every, still there's not. like 20 doors to exactly. this house and every single one of them was unlocked exactly unless they were already in the house with one door and unlocked all of them mm. i don't oh, know that's interesting yeah, it's just too many smart. unlocked doors you said they're not that smart <laughs> They masterminded the whole thing, Brian. Uh, okay. So, I mean, I, I definitely will say that the acting in it is fantastic, but it's just still little things where I'm just like, come on, guys. Like, mm-hmm. what what are you doing? So then who's the next one after that? The principal. Yes. Oh, yeah, because they attack Sydney, but the next actual, like, death is the principal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I will say when they did attack Sydney just loving all of the things of her fighting back and using all that she could to get to to get mm-hmm. out of there like and like you said even though you know I still feel like she could have opened the door she still did a good job like running up the stairs and like trying to you know figure out a way to to get away from the killer and then Billy mm-hmm. shows up who was the killer so good so good uh but yeah. the principal poor, I guess they were just annoyed poor Fonzie. With them. poor Fonzie just uh, caught in the crossfire. But I think when, mm-hmm. when I saw that, I was like, what would be the reason for that? I mean, I was going to say maybe to cancel school, but they canceled school before he died. Yeah, because he was in the school by himself. Hmm. He was like, school is now suspended from, you know, now on and there's yeah. a curfew. <clears throat> maybe because he was getting involved. Maybe because he was, um, I don't know, he was 
very empathetic and sympathetic to everybody and they mm-hmm. just didn't want that kind of energy or i don't know or they were just like yo fuck that burns a ball <laughs> i feel like that was if if or okay here's the thing i feel like shaggy would have been the one that actually did the killing on the principal Totally. I mm. think that Shaggy is responsible for all of the random killings. Okay. And then like, like, I think they both were there for both of them. Don't yes. get me wrong. Yes. But I think all of the Sydney mother related killings mm-hmm. were definitely mastermind by Billy and the other ones for fun. I think that's how we convince them. Like, listen, if you help me with this, like we can kill your ex-girlfriend. Right. And her current boyfriend. And yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, you hate the principal? Like, let's go. Who cares? Let's do it. (laughs) For sure. For sure. And that was just a, a, yeah, that was a crazy thing. But I did love the Freddy uh, Krueger janitor moment. Mm -hmm. It was a fun time. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah. The principal, it was, there was no, there was no getting out of that. But it's Mm -mm. just like, there are people. Also, how fast were they to knock on the door and then fucking run away? Because he was getting to that door pretty quickly. Yep. Yeah. Well, you're not seeing anybody. That's fantastic. Um, <laughs> who was after that? Like I didn't uh, get the Rose, hours ago. <laughs> Rose McGowan. I, I already, I Googled the list because it just makes my life easier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So was he just getting annoyed at Rose or I guess because she didn't like Billy and so she would have been helping her escape, I guess. So they were like, oh, well, we got to get, uh, we got to get our best friend now. Hmm. Yeah. Like, are they just like, okay, I'm going to kill this person. And the other one's like, I'm going to kill this person. And the other one's like, I'm going to kill this person. Like, right. you get to pick, then I get to pick. We go back and <laughs> go forth. Go back and forth. Yes. So do you think that like, well, yeah, it had to have been Billy because Shaggy was in the house watching the movies the whole time. Oh, this is interesting. This website is actually saying who killed who. Oh. So, and I'm like, I don't know how they know that, but it yeah. says that Stu kills Steve. So- that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. But Billy kills Casey. Mm. And then Billy kills the principal. Mm-hmm. And Billy also kills Rose McGowan. Hmm. I mean, no, I can believe that because Stu was in the house the whole time with mm-hmm. the other guests. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. And then, uh, but then I guess who's left when Billy's having sex with Sydney? Aren't, are there still people in the house? Yeah, there's still people yeah, but, in the house. They're but they kill the the next one they kill is the Kenny. is the van driver. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kenny Jonas killed by Stu. Yes, that makes sense. Yeah, but that's after when Sydney's so Sydney has sex, thinks that Billy is killed, runs out, jumps out of the house, mm-hmm. runs to the TV station guy Kenny. Mm-hmm. But then Stu comes after and slits Kenny's throat, and then she escapes from the van and goes yes. back into the house and sees Billy. And that's when Billy and Stu reveal, reveal. their plan. Nice. I mean, that's that's pretty trackable. Like that all makes sense. Mm-hmm. That doesn't seem mm-hmm. like anything out of uh, the ordinary, huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. They wait. What was the 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 guy's name was Kenny, because that mm-hmm. just reminds me of South Park. Did somebody yell, yeah. I killed Kenny? Oh, yeah. Yes. The uh, part when he's driving, like, chasing after the police car, 
to get to the party and mm-hmm. they drop the the wrapper outside of the van like piss me off to no end because like they <laughs> keep they keep saying that Kenny's like fat like Courtney Cox keeps making yeah. fun of him for being fat and I'm like why is this here like yeah no point ugh, even at the end when she's trying to get him off his oh dead body God, off of so the car awful. oh my goodness <sighs> yeah. yes so many things well, well the the best kill is when they're like oh the killer might come back for another scare and then they <laughs> yeah hit they shoot him in the head and it's like yes that's not what my movie and then like, <laughs> like yes in your movie because it just happened don't say it if it already happened you dummy and that <laughs> has been scream <laughs> you all just been screamed <laughs> fantastical <laughs> absolutely no i agree completely all right so the question now is, what does it have on Rotten Tomatoes? Oh. It's the Rotten Tomatoes game. I want to say 86. I'm going to say 69. It has a 79. Damn. Oh. Both... Both scores, the critics and the the um, audience audience score seventy nine percent. Horror icon Wes Craven's subversive deconstruction of the genre is sly, witty, and surprisingly effective as a slasher film itself. Even if it's a little too cheeky for some, cheeky. It's perfect. All right, should we do the four S's? Yes. Yes. Okay, we have skulls, scares, shakes, and suggestions. Um, let's start with skulls. Skulls one through ten. Um, skulls is one through ten. Um, what do you give it from a scale of one to ten in terms of how they deal with human behavior and mental health? I would give it a nine because I just didn't realize how much they were at least talking about it uh, upright, uh, up front. And that just really added to my enjoyment of it. So I'm going to give it a nine. Um, I'm going to give it a five because it is like woven into the dialogue, but there's still just a lot of decisions that people are making that doesn't really make sense. <laughs> um and I, uh, but I did appreciate like them kind of talking through Sydney's, uh, like, um, inaccurately accusing somebody, um, yeah. who then like faces negative consequences as a result of like her. Um, yeah. I thought that was really interesting. So right in the middle for me. I'm going to go with a six. I think that it does a good job of uh, it introduces it, weaves it through. I don't just know how accurate everything is, so I'm going to give it a six. Um, let's go to scares. Was this scary? I gave it a two. It's not scary, but I gave it a two because I appreciate the gore and the guts and the insides on the outside. <laughs> I think I'll also give it a two. Um, when I was younger, this scared the poop out of me, but as an adult, um, my my poop remains inside, so a two. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, shakes. Can you shake it? How much do you remember it? 
Oh, I mean, I love this movie and I will like watch it once a year at least. So it will always stay with me for what it is. I'll give it a nine. Um, I'm going to give it a four because like I said at the beginning, I <laughs> didn't know if I was remembering things from this movie or from the parody scary movie. Um, <laughs> something is in my brain. I, I just can't decipher which. Um, Fair enough. This is also a nine for me. It's Scream. It's Scream. It's a Scream. All right. Suggestions. What is everyone's suggestions for this movie? And new rule, you, you can't name a sequel. Oh, yeah. I wasn't going to name the sequel. I wasn't well, going to. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm just saying. Uh, but that is a good rule. That is a good rule. Um, first off, you can just watch any of the movies that they reference in this movie and you will be good to go. But Mm -hmm. what I personally think, if you want to experience another like super meta within itself, it's Wes Craven's A New Nightmare. Uh, Is is that what you were going to say? Yeah, that was one of them. Okay. Well, I only have that one, so you can tell tell your other one. But yeah, it's, it's it's so great. It's literally just about Wes Craven making another <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street movie and shit happening because he's making another movie. It's fantastic. But a new nightmare is so fun because like you know that's where that's where Scream came. Yes. Like he's like I I could make a better version of New Nightmare. Mm-hmm. Like l- yeah, totally. So good. Uh Jamie, you go first cuz I have a couple other Oh, I'm just going to go with I Know What You Did Last Night. Nice. Yeah, this is why I wanted to go last because you both said the other ones that I had. <laughs> I <laughs> I will say um, I think I've recommended this one before, but I think it still fits with this Urban Legend, um, another of of these types of slasher films. Yeah. What if a funny a funny bit would be you just suggest that every <laughs> Urban Legends. <laughs> Yeah. Well, how many know, times have I recommended that before? I think just once. I just when we watch Candyman. <laughs> uh, I will say I do want to watch Prom Night because I've I've watched. I think it was um, a Brittany Murphy. My, uh, not my speakers tied. Oh no. Uh, gotcha. We can hear you though, really greatly. Um. What is it? Britney Snow. There was a Britney Snow remake of Prom Night that I feel like I watched, but I did not realize that it was a remake. And I want to watch the Jamie Lee Curtis Prom Night as per suggested by this movie. Have y'all seen Prom Night? Only the Britney no. Snow one. Okay. Grand, 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 grand. Same. Cool. We did it. We we rewatched we screamed. Scream. Ah! We've we've started our scream rewatch. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, that wraps up this episode. You can follow us on a plethora of social meds, including the Twitters and the Instagrams and the TikToks at Talk Horror Pod. Talk Horror Pod. And Brian, where can they listen to us? Yeah, you can find us on things like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Rate and review us there on both uh, of those. Five stars, please. And thank, thank you. you. Uh, should we sign off with like some screaming in the background? What What do you want to do? What's your heart? Oh,
Oh no, I I I have. We got quotes. This movie's got some quotes. Give me the quotes. No, please don't kill me, Mister Ghostface. I want to be in the sequel. Absolutely. Perfection. <laughs> Thanks, guys. We'll see you for the sequel. We'll see you Bye. for the sequel. <laughs>